With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with Cousins, Derek, and Tyler. It was a beatdown in Lakin as Ohio State embarrassed the Huskers 48-7. to Now, we're not going to break down this game because there's no point. It was as ugly of an ass-whooping as you can imagine, and I wasn't going to re-watch the game. Did you guys rewatch this one? Hell no. Rewatch it? Hell, I didn't finish watching it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> really? That's terrible. Uh, all right. Well, you know, what is your reaction to what we saw on Saturday night? Each of you thought it would be a one-possession game when we gave our score predictions. Tyler, what's, what's your reaction? You know, I... It was a game that from the very beginning, I you could just tell that Ohio State was in a different league. Uh, there wasn't a minute of that game that I virtually felt that we had a shot to win that. From the very first kickoff that Robinson took out of the end zone, I was like, well, we're screwed. Uh, you know, Ohio State's a better team. Uh, and then, you know, we any momentum that we tried to gain, we had a turnover. It, I mean, it was about as bad a game as I can remember watching. Derek, what's your reaction? Oh, about the same. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it was clear to me after watching this game that Ohio State was better at every single position. There was not one position where you thought Nebraska might be better at. Our blocking on offensive line was atrocious to this defensive line. They have a great defensive line, don't get me wrong. Uh, our defensive line was mediocre compared to their offensive line. So the trenches is where it all starts. Everybody always says the trenches is where it starts. And right there, we couldn't do anything with either one, either either of the trenches on either side. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with Tyler. Like I, that, When we got well, – I was okay until I saw our first defensive series. And when I seen how we couldn't tackle, cover, or even plug a hole on on, on defense, I knew – it was going to be a long, long game. So, Tyler, when we're talking about this talent discrepancy, what what can Nebraska do to counter? I mean, can they recruit close to that level? I mean, how, how do we compete against you know the Ohio State, Michigan of the future? In, in the future, we got killed by Michigan last year, and we're basically having the same conversations we did last year. The talent on the field is just night and day. What what can Nebraska do to counter that? You know, I I don't think we can recruit at that level. Um, I I don't think we will ever be able to recruit at that level. I think at best case, we may be able to pull in a top 15 recruiting class on average. Now, what we need to do is be like a school like Wisconsin. And I'm not saying their, their, their style, but we need to have an identity and we need to find guys that fit that identity and develop the living shit out of them. Um, I don't know who you blame at this point. But it's not just the recruiting rankings. It's not just a matter of stars at this point. It's These guys are not developing under this offense. It, and again, there's a lot of other reasons besides the coaches. The youth is a factor. The previous coaching staff is a factor. All that stuff. But we have not maximized the potential of these kids at the way we need to. So I think the very first thing is we need to have an identity we need to recruit to that identity, and we need to develop them way better than we've seen from this program in quite some time. Thoughts, Derek? Well, while I tend to agree with a lot of what you said, as far as recruiting, I disagree. I think you can recruit to that level, but it starts with winning. If you start winning, you can get recruits to come here, but we have to start winning. and We have to start looking like we belong in games like we just played last Saturday. And right now it's going to be hard to recruit kids – to come to here when we don't when we look that bad in games. 
You know, uh, Tyler, when you're talking about identity, when Scott Frost first came here, you know, he was going to bring the Oregon offense uh, to the Big Ten and, you know, and counter that with a bunch of strength and power, you know, get some big guys uh, with the strength and conditioning program. But you were going to see a lot of speed. And we got rid of the fullback. They said the fullback's not part of this offense. And then in the game, all of a sudden, we're running the I formation. And uh, so you're talking about identity. Does it appear to you that the, even the coaches know what identity they want the offense to have? Or is that fair? No, I don't think that's fair at all, Justin. I, I think that people are, and maybe not people, I think you're making a deal that we brought a fullback out for one game, that Frost doesn't know his identity, and all those things are changing. I think you hit the first two things on the nose. I think Frost wants to have, be really powerful and really strong up front, have big linemen like the old Husker days with the speed and athleticism of the Oregon. I That's the identity that I think he wants to get to. I don't. I don't think I think the I formation needs to come back in some capacity. I I, I think I don't think Frost is gonna win the level he's going to unless he's a fullback. Just because I think our offensive line is a half a generation away from being good enough to be able to run that offense he wants to. Um, it, again, I just think that I, I think he has an identity in mind what he wants. We're just not close. Yeah, Derek. Yeah, I got I got a question for you. Is it possible that Ryan Day is a better coach than Urban Meyer was? How so? Well, right now, Ohio State looks to be on a path that they're not going to lose this year. They're going to get into playoff undefeated Yeah. by the, by the path they're going now. Under Urban Meyer, they always tend to lose one of these road games. Not only that, but you know, you look at Nebraska, we went on the road against an Urban Meyer-led team, and we were within five points, and then... Ryan Day comes in here and just destroys us. I don't know. I, 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 Urban you, you can Meyer, talk about – yeah, go ahead, Tyler. Sorry. Urban Meyer may be one of the three best coaches to coach college football since 2000. So the last 20 years, he may be one of the three best coaches. I Ryan Day has been a head coach for a half of a season. I, I What I do think is that Ryan Day has this team playing really, really good football and has done a nice job of – maybe being a little bit motivated than Urban Meyer was last year. Um, I don't think that was the best Urban Meyer we ever saw last year. But, no, I don't think I'm going to say Ryan Day's a better coach than Urban Meyer. Well, last year also, there was a lot of distractions going on in that Ohio State locker room with the Zach Smith thing going on, with Urban Meyer being uh, suspended, coming back. I mean, there's just so many distractions going on in Columbus. Uh we, and we just benefited by catching them at a time where they just weren't at their best. And we just. But you can even, even when you go back to last year and you look at the three games that Ryan Day coached when they were winning 77 to 10 in all three games, I mean, they were winning huge against these teams. Oregon and State. Meyer came back and they weren't. Yeah, but they came back and they, were, they never beat anybody quite like that again. I tell you what, I, you ask me Michigan. that question. Ask me that question. <laughs> yeah. Ask me that question at the end of the year, then I'll. Uh, give you that answer but but no right right now yeah they look like they're unstoppable they really do but beating up a nebraska team is you know at home with game day i don't know what that's saying but uh let's let's discuss the recruiting aspect of that with uh, lots of big recruits visiting lincoln and college game day was there uh night game in front of a rowdy crowd everybody was uh psyched up for it uh, then kickoff happened, and Tyler, you're right. We're, we're, Nebraska was never competitive in this one. Uh, Derek, how do you think all these factors affected the experience of the recruits? Uh, you know, it always depends. Every recruit's different. You know, it depends on what they're looking for. You know, they also introduced the the new facilities, the 155 million dollars that they're going to spend on these new facilities to these recruits. So I think that probably helped a little. I think game day probably helped some. The game itself obviously did nothing to help us. So I, I guess it probably depends on what these recruits are after as far as a college education goes. I mean. Tyler, what do you think? You know, I try to put myself in a recruit's head, and I'm like, if I'm going to a school, what am I looking for? And I think you go there, and you obviously want to talk to the coaches. You know, I want to see what the coaches have to say. What what are they? What do they see for you? What do they see for your future? 
You know, then I want to look at the atmosphere. And, and I, I don't think you can beat the way the Memorial Stadium is there. And then you want to look at the scheme and all this stuff. At the end of the day, I don't think if a player is looking at going to a team that's competing for a national title, I don't think there was a scenario that Nebraska was that school he was looking at. I, I mean, even Derek and I had us best case winning 10 games. Like, I mean, I, I just don't think, you know, and, and shy of winning that game, that was going to win that type of recruit. I think every other box, we had the potential to check or definitely check. That atmosphere was incredible, and it lasted late. Yeah, it, uh, you know, I was really impressed with the way the fans stayed to the very end. Derek, you're talking about that you turned it off at the very end. But uh, the fans, they... They did not clear out like what I kind of thought that they would at uh, after the half, uh, so that had to be impressive to the recruits. But it's got to be tough to watch, you know, come in and watch uh, a team that you might sign with just not look competitive one bit. And we just keep saying well, this word competitive, but it, it's so true. I mean, not at all. Just, just in my defense, so the reason I didn't quit watching it was because I wanted to get home because there was no point. We weren't coming back, and I wasn't at home, and I was just ready to be home because that game just shell-shocked me. Like, it really did. I thought we had a legit shot to stay in with these guys, and we didn't. But but let's be fair. I didn't think – I don't think any of us thought Ohio State was that good. Like, you say what you will about us, and there's a lot of holes that we're going to be breaking down over over the next couple weeks, but – Ohio State, I, I didn't think they were the best team in the country. And they sure look like it. And it's more than just Nebraska is not as good as we wanted. Yep, right. But, you know, just, just on a Saturday like it was, you know, we all watched North Carolina and Mac Brown take Clemson down to the wire. You know, upsets can happen. He's a first-year head coach, and you can't tell me he has better talent than what Nebraska has. And taking being competitive throughout the whole game, down to the wire, and then Nebraska just comes out and you know plays uninspiring football. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I I brought this up to you guys, and I and I the more I've thought about this, the more I really believe that I I think the stage worked against Nebraska. The stage being college game day, primetime ABC. I think that worked against us. You you want to talk about the biggest difference between the North Carolina. Clemson game and Nebraska Ohio State it was the fact that Clemson may overlooked North Carolina Ohio State was making a statement and they knew they had the world watching and we were not in their class that night and made every mistake we could to not even pretend to be yeah that's true uh just one more thing on uh Ohio State and then uh we'll just we'll dump this just move on uh but Scott Frost in his presser yesterday, he was coming to uh, Adrian Martinez's defense a little bit. And uh, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, this is what he said. When he's worried about where the snap is, worried about who's coming on block, worried about receivers being in the right place, yeah, that's too much to put on a quarterback. Tyler, what do you make of that? Scott Frost is right. He, he, I mean, that's a lot to put on any quarterback. I don't think... You know, any quarterback can win when you're getting the rush that he's getting and no people open. Um, now, is Adrian blameless? That's a different question. I, and I think the clearly answer is no. I, I To sit here and say Adrian Martinez is a victim of his circumstances and made no mistakes is rewriting the history of that game. He made mistakes. And, you know, right now there's a reality check going through Husker Nation that Adrian Martinez may not be the quarterback that a lot of people thought. Um, but he is not the reason we lost that game. He is not the reason we are not competitive. To to sit here and, you know, a lot of fans are talking about benching him and a lot of stuff that it, it's just unwarranted. Um, he's still a good quarterback, but is he the guy? Is he the savior? Is he the Heisman candidate? No, I, I think it's clear through five games or four, whatever, five games at this point that he's not that guy. Derek? 
Well, again, you talk about that. I mean, until we get somebody to block for him, until we get some wide receivers who can find space and get open, we're not really going to know what Adrian Martinez can do. Right now, we have a, a center, and this is partly on this is real, not even partly. This is on the offense, the, the coaches that we have a center who has had problems with high snaps all year long, and they continue to play him. Uh, I. I I don't know if Matt Farniak just can't block that bad that we can't trust him to be in the game or if they just I, – I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but at some point, these snaps have killed this offense more times than not. Uh, receivers have yet to get open. I mean, even J.D. Spielman, who we all assumed would always be open, can't seem to get open this year. Kind of I know is not getting open. The, I mean, the only thing we could seem to do is throw a screen pass out to – uh, Maurice Washington, and he's getting hammered every time he touches the ball. So he's not really very healthy. Uh, I, I don't know. Like at some point, I understand where Frost is coming from, but it, it's it's on him and his coaches to fix some of that. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, when he has to go out and single out, you know, the high snaps. Well, you know, he's the coach. He's putting Cam Jurgens out there. Uh, he can fix that himself by not putting Cam Jurgens out there. When he's talking about receivers not being in the right place, that sounds like coach coaching. They're only playing four receivers anyway, and you can't find four guys to be run the right routes. I mean, well, that just part, part like of this coaching. is on, part of this is on recruiting again too. Like we missed two or three years of, of receivers recruiting under the last staff, so we were limited on receivers. We brought a couple of JUCO guys in that haven't been effective. Uh, offensive line we've complained about for four or five years about the recruiting of, of the offensive line. I think I think the staff's doing a little bit better job, and it's going to take a little more time yet. But right now, our starting center is a tight end. Yeah, converted tight end. That's it's just it's crazy there. Uh, all right, anything else, or can we move on, guys? You know, just like the player said, I, I don't want Ohio State to beat us twice. Let, let's let's get out of this game. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> All right. Well, before we move on to the Northwestern preview, let's take a quick time out to hear from another great Big Heads Media podcast. In 1957, Laika became the first animal to orbit Earth. What kind of animal was Laika? What is the only team in the Big Four North American Sports Leagues which shares its name with one of the Avengers? And here's one more question for you. Are you the type of person who enjoys playing trivia games, learning new things, and having a bit of fun along the way? If you are, or if you just want to find out the answers to those other questions, then our podcast, Quiz and Hers, might be right up your alley. Each week, one of us writes new trivia questions for the other person, covering everything from science to history to pop culture to sports. And every question in a game relates to some theme, like Game of Thrones, internet memes, sandwiches, or animals in space. Some of the themes make more sense than others. So if you like trivia, learning, or real couples testing each other's knowledge and patience, check out our podcast, Quiz and Hers, part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Quiz and Hers, the trivia podcast where we test each other's knowledge and the strength of our relationship. And we are back. Uh, let's take a look at this Northwestern team. They bring a 1-3 record to Lincoln and are currently 8-point underdogs. Actually, I think it's 7.5 now. Uh, last week, they lost 24-15 to Wisconsin in a game where they had eight more first downs in Wisconsin and edged them out in total yards on offense, if you can believe that. Uh, but it was just 250 yards total offense. Uh, Tyler, tell us about this Northwestern team. Well, you know, this is a you know a Pat Fitzgerald team. I mean, they, they are well-coached. Uh, they play good defense. Uh, but right now, their offense is not great. They are 126 in the country in total offense. Um, they have been struggling to move the ball. Last week they did a pretty good job, all things considered, against Jonathan Taylor and that defense and that offense. Um, but overall, the rushing defense isn't that great either. They're 145th in the country. If if I had to put a strength of this team, they've done a really nice job against the pass. Um, part of that's the competition they face. The best passing offense they played against is Michigan State. Who, and that's the only one that's in the top 85 in the country in passing offense. So at the end of the day, it, it's what you expect from a Northwestern team, except I just don't think this team has the capability of winning games. And that goes on their quarterback at Hunter Johnson. Hunter Johnson, who may not even play, is completing 48% of his passes. I, I, I think this is probably the easiest game Nebraska has left. Um, 
on our schedule. And so, yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting test to see how we rebound come Saturday. Derek, what can you add? Well, first off, that's not our easiest game. I think our easiest game is Purdue. I mean, the only reason you might be able to give this one a little heads up is just because it's at home rather than out on the road. But Purdue is definitely the worst team out of the two. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to assume you just misspoke when you said their rushing the defense was 145th in the country. They're averaging 145 yards or 60th in the country. You are correct. I, there's not 145 teams. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you know, everyone talks about this is just a standard Northwestern team, but it's really not because if you've watched them, they miss tackles. They, they're not good at tackling this year the way I had originally thought they would be, especially with people like Patty Fisher coming back. And they're just they're, – I mean, it's not that they're a bad defense. They're still, they're still creating plays. Uh, you know, they don't get a lot of turnovers. They don't uh, – they're, they're – as a team, a team as a whole, the thing that you always uh, praise Pat Fitzgerald for is they're very, very little penalty wise, and they're a little over half half penalty a game less than Nebraska. And I, I, this isn't this isn't as good of a Northwestern team that we've seen in the past, as far as what Pat Fitzgerald has done in the past. Uh, I'm not going to read too much into their record being one and three. Tyler, you say they can't win. This is what this is what Northwestern does every year. They start out one and three, one and four, possibly zero and three, zero and four, and then they go on a streak where they win eight games in a row. Uh, so, so I wouldn't read too much into what their record is right now, uh, but but I think this is a must win game for Nebraska. I think Nebraska has to win this game. Well, I'm, I'm gonna you corrected me, Derek. I'm gonna correct you. Northwestern has not gone one and four since 1992. So you look at this program, which is definitely not at the higher ranks of the Big Ten history. If Nebraska wins on Saturday, this would be the worst start Northwestern has had since 1992. So, uh, yeah, it, it would be a very interesting uh, turn of events to see what how far they would have fallen. So history shows this is a game that uh, that team all of a sudden shows up for. Well, Tyler, what does Nebraska need to do to win this game? You know, you know, Derek kind of alluded to the turnovers. You know, if you look at turnover margin, we're 107th in the country. They're 104th. The difference in that turnover margin is that we are a little bit better at causing them, and they're a little bit better at protecting the ball. We have got to protect the ball. It, it, I, I cannot stress this enough. Like, last week it was interceptions. Almost every other game it's been fumbles. If Nebraska could protect the ball... I believe that we have better athletes. We've played better throughout the course of the season. I, I, I don't know how Northwestern competes with us. Derek, do you agree? I, I tend to agree, but they do compete with us every year, and every year we don't understand how. I, I, so I don't have an answer as to why they probably will compete with us, but there's a reason that the spread is at 7.5 and, and not 14. Uh at the at the end of the day, look, they still have a good defense. It's not it's not the best defense. It's not a great defense. Uh, you could talk about what their defense did against Wisconsin. I think a little bit of that is fluky because Wisconsin didn't look very good offensively in that game. In fact, if Wisconsin hadn't scored two defensive touchdowns, they probably don't even win that game. Yeah. Uh, but but their offense looked a little stale in that game. I don't know why. I, I didn't. I it didn't look to me like. With, uh, like Northwestern was just overpowering them and playing great defense. They just – Wisconsin just didn't look crisp to me, and I that is what it is. Well, I, I would say but, this about Northwestern. They, they have always done better against teams like Wisconsin, the traditional pro-style offense that are power running. Pat Fitzgerald does really well against that. Where he has struggled, if there is a struggle in his resume, it's been against teams that run more of a spread and speed you out. So – in theory, that run works right in Nebraska's handbook right there. Oh, you're absolutely right. And you can talk about Nebraska all you want. One thing Nebraska's never really struggled to do is score points on, on Northwestern. Where we have struggled is to actually stop them when, even when their offense is mediocre. Yeah. Well, you know, their offense, you know, talk, uh, Hunter Johnson, he's questionable for the game. And their leading wide receiver, Bennett Shonek, you know, I guess he's out for a little while. He's expected to miss a month. 
so their next uh, leading receiver, J.J. Jefferson, uh, he has their only two receiving touchdowns, which is, uh, that's, I thought that was interesting. Only one guy has got two TDs. That's it out of that receiving course. So that shows. Well, let's hope our secondary can figure out how to cover somebody then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just want to kind of just go over the stats. So Hunter Johnson, the the guy, the former five star, Derek. Derek was about to propose to him. Derek was in love with this guy, and <laughs> talked him up all off season. His stats are forty eight point three percent passing, three hundred sixty seven yards, one touchdown, four interceptions. So you got to think, well, the backup can't. He's got to be at least as good. Aiden Smith has gotten some serious playing time this year. He's completing 38.7% of his passes for 137 yards, one TD, and three interceptions. Guys, they're terrible. They're 130th in the country in pass efficiency. If this isn't the game that our secondary shows up, it won't happen. It will not happen this season. This is the I am game. willing to make a bet. I am willing to make a bet with the two of you that this quarterback somehow, some way, ends up with more than 50 yards rushing on us and somehow scores three or four touchdowns on us because it happens every time we play Northwestern. We make Northwestern quarterbacks look like super studs. He'll pass for 80% of his passes somehow, some way, and then he will have about 50, 60 yards rushing on broken plays that we didn't cover well enough. Yeah, it, it, it... Tyler, Derek's right. I mean, this it tends to happen when Nebraska and Northwestern, anytime that they line up together, weird shit happens every single time. So. Even in 2011, I don't know if you guys remember the guy's name. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. Remember Northwestern had, it was our first year in the Big Ten, Northwestern had that, that quarterback that they were pumping high for the Heisman. And uh, the guy ended up getting hurt during like the first quarter of the Nebraska game and our backup came in and just destroyed us. I don't remember who that is. I remember that game, but I do not remember who those quarterbacks were. Uh, yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that other quarterback ended up being a four-year player and we struggled to stop him every year. Uh, Tyler, how do you envision this game panning out? You know, I, I I think the theme of this week for me is if if not now, when I've said that a couple times, I'm going to keep saying that. I I just don't think. I mean, we're not going to shut them out. We're not going to dominate them. I, I I've given up hope this defense, but this is a game that our defense should really really have our way with them. Um, you know, I think our defense should show up and play as good as I think they ha- you know could throughout the season and really do some things. Um, and, and, and again, I think that our offense is going to go. So I think this, this is going to be kind of a one-sided game for Nebraska um, with the potential of maybe seeing a backup or two get in the game. Derek? I, I, I don't see that. Well, it could happen, I guess. I, you know, I don't know what to take out of this game. I, I, Northwestern just plays us tough. I, no, I can never figure it out. I know we've already said this. We've talked about this already a couple times in this podcast. But for whatever reason, they just play us so tough, and I never know what to expect when when they come to town or when we go there. It's always just a good game. It's usually a fun game. It's usually an exciting game. But at the end of the day, it usually ends up being a close game. You know, one thing that worries about uh, worries me about this game is our special teams. And week in, week out, we talk about the special teams. But I'm going to bring it up again uh, because because of their offense, you know, they're they're not going to score a lot, but their defense is really good, and sometimes our offense hiccups a little bit. So I just think that there's going to be those times where going for a field goal is just absolutely necessary because we we may not need a lot, but if we cannot count on a field goal, this is the type of game where it would bite us in the ass. It really would because I don't see this game being high scoring at all, Tyler. Uh, I think this is going to be very low scoring. And any time that you can get three points in this game, you better take it. Unless you don't have a kicker. Uh, so that's the part that scares me. I, I think this is going to be also like one of those uh, boring-ass Big Ten games that we used to hate. Uh, but let's we'll go with Derek's. It'll be exciting. <laughs> go ahead. 
Well, I, I think one other thing that has to happen in this game is Northwestern has struggled run defense a little bit, so I think we need to establish a run. I think we need to get Diedrich Mills involved. I think Maurice Washington needs to have an impact on this game. And maybe Adrian Martinez, with his feet, need to have an impact on this game. Yeah, I mean, we, I, want, I want to see more receivers involved. The coaches, they said that yet again this week about getting more wide receivers involved. We just need to see it, guys. I think after last week, it would be beneficial for the fans to see this offense explode. If they can. Uh, we really need to see that. Uh, anything else, guys? Okay, let's uh, move on to games of the week. These are picked straight up. Tyler, give us the updated standings. Well, well, well. After last week, uh, we are now having a tie for first. Uh, Justin, me and you are both tied at 23-7. and seven. Derek had a really good week last week, and now... He is at twenty one and nine, so it's a tight race going through uh this week, so what did I go last week? I, I think you went four and two. And we each went five and one. You missed the you missed the Purdue Minnesota game and you had Washington State over Utah. Oh god, that Washington State. God they keep sucking, <laughs> don't they? That was the game I missed, yeah. I know. So Derek went five me and Derek both went five and one, so All right. Well, let's get into the games this week. The first game on the list is number 14, Iowa, at number 19, Michigan. Michigan is now three-and-a-half-point favorites. This line's been kind of tumbling down since uh, opening. Tyler. You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, Michigan got throttled against Wisconsin. Um, You know, Wisconsin is second in the country in time of possession. Iowa is third. You know, Iowa's basically like the JV version of Wisconsin. Um not quite as good, but the, they're 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 on the lines. Um, but I, I think Michigan is too talented. It's at home. I I, I don't want to say they got anything figured out against Rutgers because we know how bad Rutgers is. But I I kind of think they figured out a little bit about Rutgers. I I think Michigan wins this game. Derek, uh, I I think it's a tight game, but in the big house, I think Michigan pulls out the win. I think Iowa is a really good team. They will they will do some things that will surprise Michigan. But I'm with Tyler. I think at the end of the day, they probably just have a little too much talent, and they pull out a small margin of victory. I'm taking Iowa. I'm taking Iowa in their defense in this game. Uh, Michigan, they have not been impressive this year. I mean, I'm not counting Ruggers. I mean, they didn't look impressive against Army or damn sure Wisconsin. Uh, Ruggers doesn't get me going, so give me Iowa in this one. Game number two on the list is number seven, Auburn, three-and-a-half-point favorites at number 10, Florida. Tyler. This was the toughest game for me to pick this weekend. Um, You know, Florida is number one in the country in red zone defense. But this last week on Twitter, I I proclaimed that I think Auburn's the second-best team in the country. And while Florida is undefeated, their signature victories is a four-point victory against Miami and a come-from-behind victory against Kentucky. The same Kentucky that only scored seven points against South Carolina. I do think Florida's a good team. They're not in Auburn's class. Even in the swap, I like Auburn in this game. Derek? I think the difference is, I think since Felipe Franks has been hurt, I think Florida's looked better. And I think being in the swamp, I think is maybe a little too much for Auburn. I think Florida finds a way to win this one. Florida, wow. I like Auburn to cover here. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sold on Auburn as well, Tyler. Not number two, though, but uh, they're up there. But uh, Auburn covers. Uh, Game number three, 25 Michigan State at our daddy's. Uh, number four, Ohio oh. State, <laughs> minus 20 and a half. Who are you picking, you know, Tanner? <laughs> Michigan State's defense is too good to lose by 20 and a half. I think it's closer than that, but Ohio State wins this game. Derek? Northwestern found a way to score on Michigan State, so I think Ohio State will probably put up 40 on them. I think Ohio State probably destroys these guys at home. I, I don't see this even really being much of a game. Wait, did Northwestern really score against Michigan State? 
Or 10. A little bit. I think they Did scored. They score 10? I, 10 I don't or think they yeah, scored. With, the, okay. with one of the worst offenses in the country. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like Ohio State running away, too. Uh, unless they're so beat up from that Nebraska game that they drop one, you know. <laughs> but they, they might be pretty tired of scoring all those points. Uh, number 18, UCF, minus 4.5 at Cincinnati. Uh, this is a Friday night game, I believe, Tyler. Playing pretty good football since they got blown out by Ohio State. Um, you know, they they, they uh, beat Miami of Ohio. They beat Marshall. They just got their starting running back back. Um, but UCF has the number two offense in the country. I think UCF wins this game. Derek? I'll probably be rooting for Cincinnati in this game. Just for shits and giggles. But at the end of the day, I don't think they can win it. I think I think UCF's still probably the best power non power five team out there. Better than Boise State, huh? Uh, give, I think so. Give me UCF in this game. I think uh, they cover, but not. It'll be single digits. I think. Uh, last game, Cal at number thirteen, Oregon. Oregon seventeen and a half point favorites. Yeah, uh, Cal's quarterback's going to be out indefinitely. Uh, Oregon has Justin Herbert. I like Oregon in this game. Dirk. Oregon's like 18-point favorites, I think. It really shouldn't be a game. Maybe it's closer than that, but Oregon definitely wins this game. I agree. Give me Oregon. All right, this is my favorite segment here because I'm so damn good at it. It's the best bet segment against the spread. Each cousin gives you their one bet of the week. Tyler, give us the updated standings. So, before I give the update standings, I just want to point out, you know, there's a lot of reasons why Nebraska got their asses kicked, but one of which is because Justin bet Nebraska, because Justin is an 0-5 on his best bet of the weekend. So, no matter what Justin thinks is going to happen, probably won't. Unfortunately, which, which, which before before you move on, I just want to talk about how funny that is because all the text messages and all the phone conversations we had with Justin made it sound like he was going to bet Ohio State all week long. I know until and I went against game my better day. judgment went against my better judgment. I bought into the Kool Aid of that game day atmosphere and everything. I'm like, oh yeah, this crowd is into it. <laughs> they were. Yeah, I wish you would have bet Ohio State. I do too. It would because we probably would have won the game. Yeah. My bad. So, but 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 to be fair, uh, the cousins went zero and three last week. Uh, it was a bad weekend. Um, I'm now two and three, and Derek is three and two. So I I, I expect a nice rebound this week because uh, neither just uh, Derek nor I took the same bet as Justin. Well, and just, and just to be fair, Tyler, we're even now because both of us have received the kiss of death from Justin on one week. <laughs> oh come on, guys! Come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you took you took our bets twice now, and you've lost both of them for us. Hey, I'm gonna flip a I'm gonna flip a coin, and I'll steal one of your bets this week. Okay? <laughs> I already bet on mine, right. and don't do that. All right, your best bet, Tyler. Go for it. This is my best best bet of the season. This is the one I feel the best about. It's a Thursday night game, Temple against ECU. I like Temple minus eleven and a half. Uh, last week I bet ECU. It made me some money. It was great to see. But, um, you know, Temple, they're 3-1 and one against the spread this year. Last year, Temple beat ECU 49-6. to six. They've covered five straight times against Temple or against ECU. I, I, you know, I don't know how good uh, ECU is. I don't know if that Old Dominion game is a signature victory for them or not. I, I still don't think that they're in Temple's class. I like Temple to win this game big. All right, Derek. All right, that's not a bad one. That's, I, I haven't really looked too closely at it, I'll, but I like it. Uh, I went after watching last week. Per, uh, Penn State just destroy Maryland, fifty-nine to nothing. Uh, I, I think Penn State's turning out to be a better team than I anticipated at the beginning of this year. I and here's the here's the kicker, Purdue. I think is the worst te- worst team in the Big Ten West. I think the only team they're better than is probably Rutgers, and I think they're on about the same wavelength as, as Maryland. So I took Penn State minus 28 at home. 
coming off a big win. Plus, they have an extra day to prepare because they played on Friday last week. So they're, they're rested up a little bit better than Purdue is. Purdue's without their quarterback, without Rondell Moore. That's their whole offense, and they don't have a defense. So I I think uh, Penn State's an easy, easy win on this one. Nice pick there. All right, guys. Are you ready for my first win of the season? Yes. I, I, I'm ready. I'm right. ready. Hey, you know what? I got to throw this out there. You know, you guys give me a lot of shit for my best bets. But each week, you guys bet. I make a convincing <laughs> argument that you bet. And so, listen to this week. And I lose money every week. What listen to this week. All, all right. Here it is. SMU, minus 12.5 against Tulsa. They're at home. Uh, SMU is 5-0 and against the spread. They're averaging 44 points a game, including a win over Tyler's favorite Big 12 team, TCU, where they won that one 41-38. to do you know who their quarterback is, Tyler? I do not know who their quarterback is. It is Shane Bouchel. Do you know who Shane Bouchel is? I do not know who Shane Bouchel Former is. Former quarterback at Texas, transferred to SMU, and has made them a better team in Sonny Dyke's second year. These guys are on fire. Again, four, they've scored over 40 points in all four games this year, and they're they're going to cover against Tulsa. Tulsa, they're 2-2 two and two against spread. Lock. It's a lock, guys. Hey, Tyler, I'll take Tulsa if you do. <laughs> well, I, I just feel like the SMU just got the death penalty all over again. Oh, <laughs> you guys are assholes. No, uh, it's, it, I think that's a good pick. I really do. I'll I, bet, yeah, I'll be bet it because I trust you, Justin. I don't know why you, I trust you. you. It's, a, it's a terrible I, thing. I, I have but, no... At this point, I don't know why you do either, but it can only go up from here. Yeah. Uh, well, right. eventually, just mathematically. And Nebraska started off zero and six last year, and went four and two. So maybe Justin can do the same. Well, mathematically, he's eventually got to get something right. Like, I mean, he he bets for fun; it's fun for him. But and he's not bankrupt, so he's eventually got to get a couple games right. Hey, I get all my other picks right. It's just the best bets, the one that I come on here and have to talk to talk about. I I overthink it. That's what I do. I try to make the argument like make try to make somebody else believe it. Uh, all right, let's get to the score prediction contest. Uh, Northwestern at Nebraska again. The line is seven and a half in Nebraska's favor. What's your score prediction, Tyler? So I went a little bit more conservative than I wanted to because Nebraska let me down so bad last week. But I still have Nebraska winning 35-17. to 17. Wow. High-scoring game. Derek. I suck at this segment. This is my bad segment, so I'm just going to go way left and go 56-7 to 7 Nebraska. <laughs> wow. I, I guess you just gave up. You completely gave up in this segment. I mean, this is the one segment that I'm actually good at. Okay? I am leading this segment. I'm undefeated in this segment. If I, uh, I'm i keeping stats on my own. Uh, so, I, I have Nebraska winning a close one. Very close one. 21 to 20. So, there you have it. Uh, thoughts, guys? Derek, what do you really think the score is going to be? Is that is that what you think? You think Nebraska can score 56? Write it down. Write it down. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. And Justin no, is not, probably not that score great. 56. What are you talking about? I've hit like damn near every single score prediction contest we've done. Sounds like fake news to me. I mean, I picked Colorado. Colorado won. I picked an ass Ohio State to drag Nebraska. Hit that one. And I'm pretty sure I hit Illinois. Uh, the only one I didn't hit was South Alabama, I believe. Because you were you the You want me to give a realistic one. pick? I'll say 35-21. 35-21. Right. But I'm sticking with my 56-7 because I like it better. That sounds a lot better. It does. I'd be, I'd be a lot more happy if you won, Derek. Yeah. I, I don't know if this team can score over 50 points in a game unless we play Bethune-Cookman. But we couldn't do that last year. Uh, We're close against Illinois. Yeah, 42 is close to 50. 
Uh, all right, last call, Tyler. My last call goes out to uh, now former head coach of Rutgers, Chris Ash. Uh, you have plenty of time to drink some bourbon and relax. Derek didn't think you were going to get fired so quickly with that $7 million buyout, but you suck there, buddy. What? I don't I don't remember ever sticking up for Chris Ash, but didn't, what if, uh, didn't, you yeah. say, didn't you think he was good? That seven million dollar buyout was too much to, for them to pay. Check the tape. I, maybe the I guess maybe I, I've been drunk before. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, at the end of the day, the the worst thing is, and I, I'm going to tell you guys a little story. This is going to be a little text message story here. So Justin texts us that maybe they're going to go after Greg Schiano. And I laughed, and I'm like, yeah, right. That place would riot because Tennessee did. Why not? And all of a sudden, I get an ESPN alert saying that Greg Schiano is the top candidate for the job. So maybe they go after Greg Schiano. And that's the only time they've been successful in my lifetime. So maybe maybe they'll be a little bit better. Hey, I, I tell you what, Greg Schiano, he'd be a good fit there. He needs a job for one. He did well at Ruggers before. Uh, brings a little bit more credibility to uh, you know, two ruggers if they have an established head coach. Uh, Zach, but, Zach Smith will somehow find a way to not let him get hired. <laughs> well, yeah, we can listen to their podcast, see what he has to say about it. Hey, what's your last call, Derek? All right, we talk about college football being what have you done for me lately, sport? Uh, baseball is just as bad. Oh. You know, my cup, my my beloved Cubbies went 108 years without a World Series, and good old Joe Madden comes in and wins us one. And here we are, three years later, saying "see you later." I'm sad to see the guy go. I I liked Joe Madden. I see some uh, David Ross comments being made that he's going to be our next manager. If we're going to go that route, I hope the West wish the best for him. But I have to say, I'd like to see somebody with a little more managerial experience than him. I love David Ross. Uh, we all love back. David yeah, Ross. Yeah, David. You know, uh, but I would like to see a, a head as your as your manager of the whole team. I would like to see a little more experience than a guy who's been on Dancing with the Stars. That's pretty good experience, right there. I mean, you gotta you gotta dance your ass through all all those 162 games. But no. David Ross, that's somebody that I would – he's easy to root for, for one. And, you know, with, with the rest of the Cubs, you, you got Rizzo, Bryant. I mean, what what really do you need, you know? More pitching. Yeah, pitching, yeah. Tyler, I, you know what? Cubs I, segment. I, I, I kind of feel responsible for this. You know, as as a favorite, you know, as a fan favorite of the – um, Cardinals, the best team in you know the history of baseball, the best dynasty. I, it, you know, we are responsible for this. So I, so I feel bad. So on behalf of Cardinal Nation, Joe Madden, I apologize uh, for for getting your ass fired. Hey, Justin, I gotta tell you, I can't wait for the Cardinals to get swept by the Braves. Yeah, it'll probably happen. Eh, keep keep dreaming. All right, last call to me, and uh, this last call could be an entire segment in of itself, but just briefly, uh, California's Governor Gavin Newsom, he signed into law the Fair Play to Play Act, which says colleges in California cannot punish their athletes for collecting endorsement money. So it doesn't go into effect until 2023. Nothing is ironed out yet how it's going to be controlled or, you know, no details, but uh, sounds like college kids will be able to, or student athletes should, will be allowed to collect some endorsement money. Uh, initial thoughts, Tyler? Yeah, you know, th- this appears to be going after their likeness and allow for them to get money on the side. Um, th- 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 you're right, this could be a whole segment. You know, this could be nothing, or this could be the ne- the Sam Keller for the NCAA. I mean, this could be the death of the NCAA right here and there. So, I don't know how this is going to shake out. I get it. I don't like it. Derek? I, most generally speaking, will never stick up for the NCAA. I, I think in this scenario, I will just a little bit, because I think I agree with what they're saying, and 
it's not that it's a the worst thing in the world that some of these kids start getting paid for their likeness, and hopefully maybe it brings back the uh, PlayStation and Xbox games, so we can all hope, right? Uh, at the end of the day, all the NCAA is saying is that the reason they're fighting is because they want the whole nation to embrace it as a whole instead of rather one state. Because right now, if this were if this stays the same as it is right now, California will have a huge huge recruiting advantage on everybody and nobody's going to go play anywhere but but california and you just will drop all your other teams because who's going to want to go to nebraska or even alabama or florida if you can get paid to be in california yeah they're getting paid better in alabama still uh, <laughs> but i don't know yeah there's it's going to be ironed out there's uh it doesn't go into effect for three years so this is going to be a great off-season topic year in, year out. Uh, so, But it's just something to keep our eye on uh, because the sport is changing. College sports is changing. It is a huge moneymaker. So, yeah, th- these kids probably deserve some of that money. But ha- however they decide to regulate it is going to be the interesting aspect. So. But but the thing is, it's like the money is none of this. None of this money is going to come from the colleges. It's going to come from... Sure. Advertisers. I mean, essentially all they're doing is saying, yes, as a, as a student athlete, you can have a job and be a student athlete, yeah. which is something they none of them really can do right now. Well, the, the school's compliance office is going to have to manage that, I guess. So whatever. Uh, we'll know more later, I guess. But uh, let's get out of here. It's a shorter episode than normal. I guess that's what happens when uh, you get your asses kicked that bad. So let's... Let's hope that that never happens again the rest of the year or ever. Uh, So special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker CuzCast on Twitter, at Husker CuzCast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and now BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week as we recap Northwestern and preview Minnesota. And as always, go Big Red.